Welcome to the Irish Legislation Podcast with me, Barry Ward, a podcast looking at legislation as it passes through Iraq to in our national parliament. Uh, you're very welcome to the second episode of the Irish Legislation Podcast with me, Barry Ward. I'm currently sitting in the Government Chief Whip's office in Leinster House with Jack Chambers, TD, uh, Fianna Fáil TD for Dublin West, who is the Government Chief Whip now. Congratulations, Jack, on your new position and thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Thanks, Barry. Um, yeah, and one of the things you have responsibility for, Jack, obviously, is steering the government's legislative agenda through the Oireachtas. And I thought we might start with the legislative programme that your office publishes every year. It's, we're, it's, about, it's about a week. Today's the 8th of October, and I think the programme is published midway through September. Can you just tell us how that programme comes together, where it comes from? Yeah, so we, like the legislative programme is based on, first of all, we assess what are the priorities in the programme for government what legislation may have emanated and are, are commenced in the previous stall, what's being prioritised now. So if you take the new legislation, legislative programme, we have 30 bills for priority le- legislation for publication this session. And the plan then is to enact many of them, obviously. Just to go through the programme, we have 50 bills that are expected to undergo pre-legislative scrutiny. Um, we have 87 bills listed for other legislation. And then we also in- incorporate that in the legislative programme, the 14 bills that are currently on the on the dollar Shannon order paper. We have 11 bills which were published since the government came into office, and then 12 bids, bills which were well, 12 bills when this piece of the legislative program is published, be 12 bills enacted, uh, and we have one more since 13 bills. Um, so it kind of set the legislative program sets out the what's what's what where this priority. Um, what's otherwise listed and and seeks to give an update on where we're at in that. Um, so part part of my role was um, prior to the doll returning in the uh, in the early autumn, we had an engagement with each secretary general um, and officials and ministers to actually tease out tease through what their priority bills were for the upcoming session, uh, what what work was ongoing to I suppose mould the policy initiative that they have and where, where there's a requirement for legislation into draft heads and there's on, they, they would have ongoing drafting exercise within their own departments uh, to try and uh, frame that correctly. Um, then there's in, engagement with the, um, the Office of the Legal Parliamentary uh, Council uh, and the Attorney General when, when, that, when policy is settled and then there's uh, ongoing bilateral engagement between both. Uh, and then there's, that that goes on for a period, and the uh, the legislation sometimes would then appear before cabinet, maybe as draft heads for then to then for for then uh, to then go to the attorney general and to further engagement before the bill is published and prior to publication comes before cabinet again, and so there is a very comprehensive and detailed process that occurs uh, with the across the various departments. But my role is to try and filter out what's possible the coming period and to provide a realistic um, legislative programme for this session uh, and then to focus on that uh, for, for this period. So, for example, um, we're in the autumn now. It's to, My focus is on ensuring the as many of the 30 bills are published as possible. Uh, and then when they are published, it's to try and put a plan in place to 
schedule them uh, into the legislative programme and uh, work uh, with the respective ministers. And then sometimes there is amendments and uh, and and uh, and or sometimes there's urgency particular to particular legislation. So yeah. uh, we had the forestry bill, for example, in the last couple of weeks where there's a serious urgency in that sector. So we had to put a plan in place to draft the bill to obviously uh, to prioritise it at government level and then to put it through the both the Shannon and the Dáil and uh, and have it debated properly and so that's an example of when a bill happens quickly and then obviously there's other lots of other pieces of legislation which go through uh, the legislative process in a, in a more deliberative way. I mean, we've really only had about nine weeks of sittings for the new government or the new Oireachtas under, under this government. But I think in that time, 13 bills have been passed into law. Is that right? Yes, 13 bills. And uh, like many of them have been related to the ex- expenditure response to COVID-19. So we've had the Microenterprise Loan Fund, for example. Uh, we've had the Credit Guarantee Act. Uh, we've had the Financial Provisions Act 2020, which was there as the July stimulus. Uh, we've had um, we had the Health General Practic- Practitioner Service and alteration for of criteria for Eligibility Act, which was which is uh, underpinned with a cabinet decision and uh, around medical cards and thresholds for around that. Uh, we've had the Social Welfare Act 2020, which is to extend many of the protections for um, many of our own constituents across the country uh, related to COVID-19. Uh, and then we've had other pieces of legislation, like, like the Forestry Bill, Forestry Act now, which has which has happened. So 13 pieces of legislation since the 27th of June 2020, when the government uh, came into office. Yeah. And obviously our priority now is to um, push the 30 priority bills, uh, push as many of them for publication and then put a plan in place on um, on the process, allowing them to filter through the legislative process. And, and you're involved in that process really all the way through because you sit at cabinet table at the cabinet table and so you have an opportunity, I suppose, to hear where priorities are going, what issues are being raised by the ministers around the table and to, and to feed into that as well. Absolutely. So, I mean, you, you know, sometimes with, with certain pieces of legislation, there, there could be uh, ongoing engagement between different departments or the or, or different drafters of the bill to uh, you know where 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 it can be a very technical uh, piece of piece of law which has to be amended or there's other constitutional implications that have to have to be teased out. So at, at cabinet you get a sense of where where the where a bill will land or how quick how quickly it might be enacted or published, um, and then we meet every. Two weeks, we have a, a structure to meet with the the various drafters in the Office of uh, Parliamentary Legal Counsel with the Attorney General, uh, so that we we try and filter out and and get a sense of when a bill might be published, where the draft heads are at, um, and and then that allows us to update the the Oireachtas if there's questions on so where, you, where, where a particular piece of legislation is at or yeah. why there might be a delay or why it might be prioritised because there's an urgency from a policy perspective. Mm-hmm. Can I just ask you about the drafting process because you mentioned the Office of the Parliamentary Draftsman but that's within the Attorney General's office isn't that right? That's correct. Yeah. And they I suppose put together the the detail of the wording that goes into the the, the government bills that might eventually become law. That's right. um, you also talked about draft heads, can you just tell us what that is? Yeah, so the, the draft heads are are commenced within the department. So when they're settling policy, they they, they might publish a general scheme, which which is uh, prior to the uh, 
the Office of Parliamentary Draftsmen before they actually examine the bill. So the general scheme is to is is around the kind of the policy framework that the department or the minister so has what we want has, the bill has produced. Yes, yeah. uh, and then then the, it goes through the the, the various processes with the could be internal or external uh, where where then the bill can be published and it's ever settled from policy legal and yeah. constitutional the perspective heads have been described to me as kind of a map for how the bill is going to be structured would that be fair yeah absolutely and and that's why when you look through the or anyone reads the draft legislative program um you'll you'll see draft heads outlined yeah. throughout from across well, departments. Would it be okay if we looked at something, because you said, you were saying there how the programme is divided into different sections, and one of the, the big and important sections is priority legislation for publication. So this these are bills that have not yet been drafted, ideas that, that are may or may not be at head stage. So I'm just picking one out there. There's the Sale of Tickets, Cultural Entertainment, Recreation and Sporting Events Bill, which I think would be known by many people as the Ticket Touts Bill. That's right, yeah. And yeah. um, that's one now, and it says heads in preparation. So where is that now? Or Yeah, so the, this was approved on the 29th of September and is, um, is a priority bill in the Department of Business, Enterprise and Innovation, a priority bill for the Taunashta. Um, and it was a bill that... Um, actually had a lot of cross-party cooperation. The last doll with Noel Rock and Stephen Donnelly were both uh, very active in trying yeah. to progress this it bill. It started a, a, as a private member's bill, essentially, didn't it? Did. It did. It started as a private member's bill and and has now become, obviously, a priority piece of legislation f- within the department and for the Taunashta. So what will happen now is that that bill will... Uh, the, the draft heads have been approved. It will now go to the... Um, the Office of Parliamentary Drafts Person and and the Attorney General, and they'll work with the department to try and produce a bill uh, for publication. It'll come back before Cabinet for publication, and then hopefully it'll enter, enter the Oireachtas uh, following that. I mean, there's obviously that bill in particular is time sensitive because. Yeah. Can, um, you, can you indicate how long it might take? I mean, obviously it's a slow process getting the level of detail involved in that together. Would you Can you anticipate when it might be before the Oireachtas? So it's, it's again, there's a so that once the draft heads are approved, it enters into the, uh, the each specific line by line is teased out from a legal constitutional perspective. And um, the bills only come go, are only on the priority legislative list if we think they're ready for publication. Yeah. So um, the plan for every all 30 of the bills in this uh, list are are for publication by the end of the year. So we've we're obviously in October and yeah. we're, we're planning on uh, publishing that bill um, in the coming period, but uh, it, it, there could be one line where there's a in any bill where there's a there might that might have to be teased out further. So it's very hard to put a specific date on yeah. on, on them. But the, the another you know, another one that's in that list of bills with priority to be published is a finance bill, yeah. which again we don't know is the budget. And this podcast will come out on Monday morning, so for people listening to it on the day it's released tomorrow is budget day Tuesday um, the finance bill is is essentially the this the legislative framework to put in place the budget isn't that right? That's correct and and obviously the Department of Finance says a, a do this every year uh, and 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 know how the time sensitivity around it so on the night of the budget we'll have uh, we're, we've been planning that this week actually the how we map out the budgetary week in terms of the speaking time and and how it'll work but on on the night on budget night there'll be uh, well probably will be financial resolutions which um which are time sensitive so on the night of the budget we have financial resolutions which are put before the doll um and passed and then uh, everything else that's announced is fed into the the 
the finance bill, which gives a statutory effect to the uh, to the, the budget day decisions. And again, that has to be passed in a in a uh, relatively quickly yeah. so that people can see the effect of the of the announcements and on budget day. So that that's something the Department of Finance obviously do every year and have a. Uh, have this a, year are, is going are, to be particular, really, in the context of COVID and how much it's costing to protect people against the effects of COVID. Absolutely, and and they're uh, as I said, it's it's their something they do every year and that they uh, that that they understand is time sensitive but also it's something we have to prioritize from a scheduling perspective because we know that the bill needs full debate and needs to go through the full legislative process in a really comprehensive way uh, and uh, so we obviously give it priority well, from a scheduling perspective and, um, and the fact that it needs to conclude in relatively quickly mm -hmm. but that's not the finance bill so that the finance bill is published and follows the budgetary uh, the budget speeches so when will that start then that that'll start shortly after the uh, quickly after the, once all the decisions have been outlined the the priority for the department and for everyone else the ag and others is to publish that bill as quickly as possible and bring it into the doll so mm -hmm. the plan would be to bring that in quickly uh, and then yeah. put it through but the process I mean, on the day that announcements are made by the minister for finance and, and the department essentially Changes happen at midnight that day. Is that yeah, right? so that's the financial resolutions that I yeah. mentioned, and there we we have about three hours for for to debate and uh, give effect to those decisions. Um, so that's why at midnight, various items go up or go up, go up. They, they yeah. usually go uh, in a in in a in a in a in, in one direction. Mm. Uh, but that that's to give effect to those, and then everything else is usually set out in the budget budgetary speech about when it will. When when it'll be given effect in the following period, and obviously, for to give effect to those decisions, we they, it requires full the full passing of the Finance Act. Mm -hmm. Now, as you said, there there are thirty odd pieces of legislation that that are, have priority for publication, but there's one other one I wanted to mention, which is called the Withdrawal of the United Kingdom from the European Union Consequential Provisions Bill, but we probably know it best as the the uh, Brexit Omnibus Bill. That's a huge piece of legislation, really, isn't it? Huge piece of legislation, and uh, it's and very complex in that it provides the legislative needs that will arise out of the Brexit transition period. We had a similar bill last year, which uh, which has to be updated and it across this bill goes across over 10 departments. Mm. Um, so one thing we at the business committee, we uh, we sought to uh, discuss with other, all members of the Oireachtas around waiving pre-legislative scrutiny, because if you had pre-legislative scrutiny for 10 different committees, um, one could have concluded relatively quickly, but another could decide to spend two months at it. And as we know, Brexit, like the like the uh, like everything else, is time sensitive. So we we discussed the business committee. And at the moment, there's a lot of um, every there's a briefing occurring before every committee that's affected on what the uh, what this bill entails and uh, and and how it's how it's. Uh, what effect it would have on a particular department and all the ministers are, are leading on that at the moment. Yeah, and I think there's been lots of discussion at various committees, again, as you say, relevant to each department and the individual members of committees are getting an opportunity to quiz the ministers on what's proposed as part of yeah, that. Yeah, so they're getting a comprehensive briefing and obviously it's something that I think there's, there was a lot of cross-party cooperation and consensus around this in the last all. I think the same will be before this one and it's it's also a, a lead issue within government so we've there's a, a lot of cross-departmental work mm -hmm. to coordinate this a bit like the other bills it's it's something that 
must pass and that yeah. we, we have to uh, have to enact by the end of the year. It, it so it takes a, a significant priority. Yeah, it's a very different Oireachtas Oil. You were a member, obviously, of the Dáil, the last Dáil. Uh, very different in terms of the government's ability to get its legislative agenda through, isn't it? It's different, but there's still a process that mm. I think is, is important to follow. So we have the obviously the various stages the, around the Dáil and the Shannad, um, but but when we when we require something to move quick in a much quicker way, like the forestry bill as an example, this is another one. Um, we, we used to try and get cooperation across the, the floor and and work with the opposition on, on passing it. It's in all everyone everyone's interest to get the bill through. So, and that's obviously the way it should be. I'm wondering, do you expect, however, this Oireachtas to be more productive in terms of its legislative output than the last one? I think it will be a lot more productive because I suppose the, probably in a minority government situation, the government was second guessing what they might get through. Uh, that probably had an effect on their like we, we know that the number of bills was far less than maybe than the previous government. Um, I think we have to strike a balance between pace and proper uh, ensuring we full, we fulfil all the, uh, the the requirements so that the legislation feeds through the various processes. But we've had a productive start, as yeah. I said, with 13 bills passed, 100 and something days into the government. We've got 30 bills here for publication and hopefully we'll have many of them passed and again a lot of them will be time sensitive if you take you know, the, the Brexit bill uh, and and others. We, we A lot of them will require an act enactment by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. You mentioned there a minute ago the business committee and decisions that are made at the business committee. Can you just tell us how that works or what is the business committee and how does it come to its decisions? So the business committee uh, is a committee established in the in the last stall, which uh, which which is chaired by the Count Corla, uh, and every week it meets on a Thursday morning to discuss the business for the following week, or it meets during the week if there's a change required to the scheduling of the week as it's planned. So it meets every Thursday morning and we as government we present a draft schedule for the week for discussion with others. Uh, We try and we create that schedule by uh, number one looking at within government time looking at priority legislation or um, priority statements which may have been requests from the opposition or members of government uh, and and then there's a, a kind of a schedule that has been agreed at the Committee on Dáil Reform, which sets out what what particular minister is answering questions on a particular day, um, and it, you know, it, there's a structure to it. And we, and then there's private members' bills, which the opposition then fill. They fill those slots in in with the bill or with a motion. Um, and, and and the, the business committee looked at the. We certainly try and work with the business committee in a collaborative way. Um, naturally, there, there is disagreement because not, not, sometimes where not every op- opposition member will agree with uh, with with government and with what we propose. Um, but we try and accommodate people. Um, and for example, this week we had a debate on COVID and the arts. Uh, we re- regularly having debates on health, which are requested by many people across government, obviously with the urgency of COVID. Um, and we this week had a debate on business and Brexit, which was something government and opposition were anxious to do. So that it, it allows us to get a sense of what people want want scheduled for debate. And we balance that against what the government needs to advance in, in the context of its own, mm-hmm. our, our own objectives around legislation or statements. So we had European Council statements this week as well. Um, and um, unfortunately, we've had uh, we've had it, it sometimes gets politicized where 
on a Thursday members will agree to the business or or will be silent uh, at the committee and then mm-hmm. in the doll people raise objections it could be, in fairness sometimes it's about things that arise over the weekend and mm-hmm. people have every right to do that but um, I was going to ask you because you said the government presents the kind of the draft format for the week and then it's discussed at the business committee does it change often or much it has changed yeah sometimes and uh, sometimes it doesn't but like we, we also give an indication of what we're planning for the following week even in the so the week after the week we're discussing yeah. and um, and so we we, we it sometimes changes but we try and when we're mapping it out and planning it we're trying to accommodate sometimes there's a request through the business committee about for what would be discussed the following week um but i suppose the key objective like there is opposition have private members time they have questions on promise legislation um and they have um their own time specifically to put down motions or or or, or use it or to put forward legislation and what we try and do in government time is to advance the legislative agenda and policy objectives and that's what we've that's what we do but we also try and accommodate uh, different requests that come through uh, as issues arise and um and uh, no we there's a good working relationship and uh, you know th- there'll always be some disagreement and that's natural in politics you'd yeah. you'd, 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 you'd you'd question full agreement if it was the case yeah. well um we see it sometimes in other countries that are less democratic regimes exactly. but uh, one of the things when you're talking about um opposition disagreement one of the things opposition complain about is money messages um, can you tell us what a money message is yeah so the the money message is is set out in article 17.2 of the constitution which says that no law shall be enacted for the appropriation of revenue or other public monies unless the purpose of the appropriation shall have been recommended to all earned by a message from the government signed by the Taoiseach and that article is reflected in in standing orders so there was um in the last doll there was obviously we're in a, there was a minority government uh, and there were and the uh, the 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 bills passed, so we we had mounting bills at committee stage. Um, and, These are private uh, members' bills, or private members' yeah. bills, yeah, in in the main, and uh, and and then for the bills to be considered at committee stage, there was a requirement for that message, uh, that money message, um, for because it, any of them involved the appropriation of. Of of, uh, of of public expenditure, um, we're in a different position now in that the obviously with a majority government, um, there's uh, you know the, the bills will be considered on on by by the majority government and um, some bills that will pass and like we're as a government open to you know being constructive with legislation that's put forward by uh, by the opposition and and working with people if it's something that. Uh, we can agree with or amend perhaps in, in, in partnership with them. Um, so the, the the money message, I know that there was there, there was a case taken by one member on this and uh, and uh, and it's uh, obviously something that's that's been debated in the public domain and uh, and that's the that's the mm-hmm. the current position on it. I mean, it gives a lot of power, I suppose, to the Taoiseach of the day to block legislation that that the government wants to block would that would that be a fair assessment or how, how do you feel about it well i suppose the 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 article is is clear i mean i know in the last all there was a debate on whether on on what was actual expenditure so um i know i i had 
you know, standing there's for and standing orders. It it includes incidental expenses, mm-hmm. um, and I know in the UK they kind of they actually set a threshold about what was actual appropriation of expenditure or what was only an incidental expense mm-hmm. to a bill, um, and I think I think a bill in 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 the round I suppose it, it'll be for the courts will interpret this if, mm-hmm. if challenges continue to it, um, but in the round appropriation of public expenditure, um, you know probably is more would would mean more to me to be more than in, an incidental expense um, and that's the kind of the threshold of interpretation which i suppose has has yet to be it's not a settled question mm-hmm. um but you know it's it's there and it's reflected in standing orders yeah yeah um now the the other thing that we see in the legislative program is that a number of bills every bill falls if it isn't passed before the before the general election before the oroctus falls so there's a number of pieces of legislation including private members legislation from the last oroctus that have now been revived in the dawn and the shannon here and and i suppose can you go through briefly just the process that is employed and how you decide which bills get get breathed back to life and which don't well a lot of this <coughs> pertains to the the members involved uh, so um, there's a direct contact with the uh, the members uh, by the Oireachtas uh, in the first instance to see whether they whether a bill should be restored uh, and then other considerations are whether um, whether legislation is is already in train on a particular bill uh, or could, be, could perhaps be for priority publication by government, but it's a it's a process that often there, there's members of government and opposition who've who've restored bills, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and and many of them have been uh, are, are are back on the order paper and will go through the normal legislative process. But a lot of it resides around the priority for the the member themselves. Yeah, uh, and, and they equally, wish to, any member could take a bill from a previous Oireachtas and essentially reintroduce it under their own name, which uh, absolutely, and that's yeah. happened uh, before. I know, in the last all, we we took on a, the gambling control bill, uh, which was very similar to a general scheme that Minister Shatter had set out. Um, and the uh, around around reg- the regulation of the gambling uh, industry and trying to modernise it and provide pr- protection for problem gamblers, um, and that's obviously a priority. Well, it, it's a piece of legislation that's complicated and will be a priority for this government as well. But there are like once bills are are published and and are there, uh, whether they were opposition or government, someone else can reintroduce them in 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 their own name and that's that's yeah. fully within their remit and then can I ask you just uh, two other things before before we let you go uh, the pre-legislative scrutiny process we talked last week about with Marco Doherty about how that kind of grew up in really in recent times because of the need to involve um, backbenchers or people who weren't part of the government parties in and to allow a proper scrutiny of legislation that still exists and I see the government the the government's program a legislative programme includes bills that are still in that stage. How does that work, the pre-legislative scrutiny? Yeah, so the, the, it, it's, a, it's an important process to allow the Oireachtas Committee system, backbenchers from TDs and government to, um, <clears throat> to tease out the policy area uh, and also to involve members of our external experts in the, uh, in, in the scrutiny 
uh, in the oversight and the input of the bill um, and that can, that can happen really quickly. Some committees might decide to waive that process because it's, it might be a very technical bill. Um, if it's a very if, if it's a more controversial issue or something and uh, that requires kind of close consideration uh, they might spend a significant piece of time doing that um, and then they combine all of that together they involve the uh, department and the minister as well uh, and then they, they they produce a committee report and make recommendations based on the bill so it's a very deliberative comprehensive process that works re really well in our parliamentary system and and has been really enhanced in the last doll uh, and something as a government we value in this doll because uh, i think it's good to have a, a process of early scrutiny and uh, an input into a bill because um it allows a wider input and discussion of, of legislation which is always welcome and you're saying there that obviously it takes different formats depending on how on the nature of the bill i suppose and we saw in relation particularly to abortion legislation that separate committees were set up i think in marriage equality as well where dedicated committees were were entitled to call witnesses and to examine them can you tell tell us how that happens or who makes that decision so the special eructus committees can be established or and, and some could be established uh, through the business committee and the committee on dollar reform um, and in, in certain circumstances for example where if you take the uh, there's a decision is made to if there's a particular issue that needs kind of general oversight on an ongoing basis the uh, the decision is made to make a standing committee. So, for example, in this stall, a standing committee on disabilities to provide oversight for the UN uh, Convention for the Rights of People with Disabilities. That's been set up separate to the, the uh, committee on, on children, equality and disability, which where Minister O'Gorman is. So it's actually have a standing committee that uh, focuses on the issues related to the disability uh, sector and 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 and, the, and a rights-based approach because in the last all I was a member of the justice committee and often attended the health committee as well um, issues arise regularly in both and they're really busy committees and sometimes the matters which require ongoing discussion oversight may not be uh, may not be heard as frequently as they should and um, so one initiative from government was to was to recommend that space. committee. Similarly, there's an issue on, uh, there's a committee on the Gwaeltuk, which has preceded my time uh, in the Oireachtas, which is important for the so Irish language I'm community. Going to be joining that one myself, so looking forward to that. Yeah, and um, and, and I and, uh, and and I mean that I'm sure there's a special committee as well established for uh, the traveller community, right, which yeah. which was set up in the last stall and will. Uh, and will continue in this style so they they can make uh, this eructus so they can make the, the committee will make recommendations so the it, it it's it's i'm sure we'll have committees set up on matters we that haven't aren't aren't in our headspace right now yeah. um, and that's the there's a flexibility within the system to do that when there's a willingness amongst all members to 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 set them up and um and it's a you know it's it, again allows a process to be established and oversight and discussions to be had. Yeah. And finally, Jack, can I ask you, obviously, it's a very different time now to where we were this time last year in terms of social distancing and the COVID threat and, and all the other new measures that have to come into place. Can you tell us, in terms of the mechanics of voting in the dollar, Shannon, how it used to be and what's changed now in the COVID era to allow votes to happen where you've got a lot of people in a smaller space? Yeah, so we've we've been regularly discussing this at the Dollar Reform Committee, and um, what we've sought to do is to maximise use of the Dollar in Leinster House um, in a, in in compliance with 
with public health guidance. Um, so on, at the moment, on a Tuesday and a Thursday, we've been scheduling uh, our our doll days in in both uh, in in the doll chamber on those two particular days, um, and we have reduced voting for those days. So there's a proportionate allocation for each party or group. Um, if a vote is called um, now there is there's legal advice from the Oireachtas which says that if it, if it involves the passage of a bill um, that uh, it requires the voting requires full full attendance from from all of the Oireachtas um, so we have deferred voting so we've moved what was always the vote we had deferred voting in the last stall and so legislation or motions from a Tuesday or Wednesday were voted in the voting block on a Thursday afternoon what we've decided now is that the a Wednesday, um, if voting is required for, um, as per the, the legal advice from the Oireachtas, we sit in the convention centre on a Wednesday, uh, and on a Wednesday evening uh, we we have our voting block. Um, also, if there's government business at report and final stage, if there's le- amendments to legislation or um, or bills that have to be enacted in that in that time window. Um, we're in the convention centre where there can be full participation and voting for all members. So we've we've tried to strike a balance where um, Tuesday and a Thursday we're uh, we're in the we're in the uh, the Len- Leinster House and a Wednesday we're in the convention centre, which is facilitates social distancing um, and full full voting of all members. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if 160 TDs were in the Dáil Chamber, it would it social yeah. distancing and, then, and yeah. public health compliance wouldn't be, wouldn't be possible yeah and i suppose anybody watching doll debates in the doll chamber now sees that there is only a small number of allocated seats that are socially distanced around the chamber so there's only a certain number of tds or in fact senators of course yes the, the senators have yes. inherited the chamber on a, on a wednesday and uh, and that's made the system work as well because in fairness the the, the, the ripple effect of the public health advice is that the Shannon, as you know, the Shannon Chamber isn't uh, couldn't it couldn't operate if there was full voting. So mm-hmm. when we're in the convention centre on a Wednesday, the Shannon is sitting um, in the Dáil Chamber. So we're That's maximising the, to the Shannon speaking uh, at all. Yeah, we're, we're uh, so we're maximising use of the Oireachtas facilities to ensure we can work fully and properly in a difficult time for covid with covid um and uh, and that's um and that's something that is 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 obviously difficult but it looks like we'll be will be in in that current mm-hmm. arrangement for so, for the time to come so those kind of walk through votes that people would talk about in the past are, are gone for the moment essentially we haven't had a walk through vote since covid and uh and Can you just tell us what a walkthrough vote is? So a walkthrough vote is where, is where a obviously people would would know from watching the doll that the um, voting is is it can either happen by by roll call or by um, or by or or through the the buttons that are in front of people. Um, but a roll call vote can be called by by anybody, uh, which which means people have to every member of the Oireachtas or of the doll have to walk up to the top of the stairs and they go either left or right whether they're for or against a uh, to the tall and ne- tall and neil lobbies the tall and neil lobbies and uh, and there's a and then there's tellers on each side who uh, 
who who kind of provide oversight for that and uh, once people have gone through the particular lobby there and there the is, vote is registered yeah and there is a process then because the bells ring depending on whether it's the door of the channel or committees the votes the bells are slightly different um but they ring for a certain period of time and then the doors to that chamber or committee room are locked isn't that right they're locked and uh, yeah no that's that's done uh that that's and that's very time sensitive so everyone there's always a uh, depending on where people are in the building or where their office is there's when they hear the bells there yeah. there's a rush to the chamber and you can in fact you can hear those bells if you're even close to Leicester House yeah no the that's complex. right and, yeah. and uh, look that's important because people have to be present and voting and that's um, that's a part of our sometimes we've, we've got we've got nasty other parliaments have had proxy voting or have mm-hmm. have been able to um have been able to vote off campus um but the constitutional position is clear about being having to be present and voting and uh, and so that's why we've had to adapt where we sit and uh, and how many can sit in the chamber and uh, when it comes to voting yeah great okay well jack thanks very much for your time and and all the explanations you've given us there it's very informative and uh, i hope you i hope the legislative program goes well and that it works yeah, out we, well for you we were it's advancing uh it's advancing properly and i said we've those meetings every two weeks so we uh we try and keep uh you know keep keep uh keep the progress on each of the each of the bills but i'm glad to glad to discuss the uh the legislative priorities and the the role uh, with yourself barry and good luck with the podcast it's a great initiative well, thanks very much next week we're hoping to look at the dying with dignity bill which was in the doll this week and deputy gino kelly who's sponsoring that bill will hopefully join us so please do join us then thanks very much for listening to this second episode of the irish legislation podcast with me barry ward and we hope to talk to you again next week Thanks for listening to this edition of the Irish Legislation Podcast with me, Barry Ward. You can get me on Twitter at Barry M. Ward. Don't forget to subscribe and you won't miss any of the episodes as they come up on a weekly basis while the Oireachtas is sitting.